Do you want to start walking? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Hey, guys. This is Person About Town. And today, we have one of the coolest ladies in town. Have you done a walking podcast before? Uh, they're usually walking. I'm usually just not also drinking a soy chai latte. Okay. I like this. This is fun. <laughs> Should I say my name? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Amy Rose Ranger. And Amy Rose Ranger, what do you do around town? I, I do lots of things. I am a performer and an artist. One of my jobs, I'm a, a tour guide on the Freedom Trail, so I dress up in colonial clothes and point out historic sites in Boston. Right now, we're not on the Freedom Trail. Tell them a little bit about where we are. We are at one of my favorite places in my neighborhood, Jamaica Plain, at a place called Jamaica Pond, which is a beautiful, large pond with trees all around it, and there are two swans who live here. I can't see them now, but they're here somewhere. Okay, so when was the first time you came to this place? Like, well, I moved to Boston to go to Emerson, and my first apartment was in Alston, but my second apartment was here. Yeah, I don't have, like, a the first time I was here <laughs> moment, but I, like, different phases of my life in Boston have Wait, been here. There's a bunch of weird stuff here. I actually just noticed this recently. Oh, I know what this is. I have a friend who worked on this. This is a solar panel bench, and you can plug your phone USB cord into there, and it'll charge your phone for you. Jamaica Plain is rad. There's another weird bench. If you look up, we're going to walk past it that's uh, folded like it's a nonsensical bench. Can you see it? Yeah, there's a bench that it's like it was squished together by God. Like, it looks really weird. When I used to babysit, I would take kids over here, and they, for hours, would sit on it pretending it was a boat. I can see. It could be a boat. It's almost like a carriage, not a carriage. What do you put babies in? A crib. Cribs. <laughs> a crib. It's a weird little crib. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a park bench. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I didn't know you went to Emerson. What did you go to Emerson for? I studied acting. I have a theater degree, a BA. Nice. With also like a minor in the theater education. Okay. I don't know, an emphasis, not a minor. Something, <laughs> something like that. But that's cool because you do a lot of theater education. I do. One of my sources of income is teaching little kids theater, playing theater games and writing weird little plays. So wait, but you're not from Boston. Where are you from I'm originally? From, I'm from Maine, which is, I think, why I like this pond so much. It's so nice if you're living in a city to have a big chunk of nature so close. I find mm -hmm. that to be very comforting. Yeah, so I'm from Maine, a very rural rural town nice. it's called Fairfield. What made you want to come to the big city? I knew I wanted to be an artist, and there's not really a lot of as many opportunities, especially in the town. Like, I grew up, like, north of Augusta, so that's, like... Really up there? Like <laughs> it's like three and a half hours from where we are right now. Oh and, my gosh! And, That's uh, practically I wanted, Canada, right? I mean, Maine is actually way bigger than everyone thinks it is. Mm. So no, it's like <laughs> like Maine is like an eight-hour drive from top to bottom. Jeez Louise! So it's not like quite Canada, mm. but it's more north than most people ever venture. Yeah. So. <laughs> but wow. yeah, I knew I wanted to be a performer, so I came to Emerson, and I think that being a New England girl, I just really like. I really like Boston. Nice. So you have a twin sister. Did she also go to Emerson? Or she, did she did. Nice. We were really close. We were both knew that we wanted to study acting. I was set on going to a different school than April. After both doing research, we both, without knowing what the other one was looking at, we both picked Emerson. And she studied acting, and uh, but she's focusing more on her writing right now. She's yeah, a, yeah. a poet and a playwright. And uh, she performs a lot of her poetry, though. I think the acting stuff really helps with that. So, yeah. No, that's cool. I went to the same college as my twin sister as well. What school did you go to? North Carolina Central University in oh. Durham, North Carolina. Cool. Yeah. 
Yours is like, oh, we both chose independently, and like it was based on our interests. Mine was like, they came to my high school, and they were like, we'll pay you to come here. And I was Whoa. like, okay. <laughs> and That's like, awesome. We'll also pay your sister to come here. And I was like, I'll tell my mom that, and she'll be happy. Man, so you don't have any student loans? Uh, I do from grad school. Oh, right. You're probably going to grad school. Yeah. What about you? No, no grad school. I mean, I, but I do have student loans. <laughs> yes on the student loans. <laughs> no on the grad school, because I don't want more student loans. <laughs> I feel like my, my life changes so often. I, the idea of honing in on, on a grad school thing would be hard yeah. for me to focus, I think. That is something that concerns me. Like, 50 years ago, I mean, a few people had college debt, but it wasn't, like, expected that everyone was weighed down with that. Yeah. It's very demobilizing, like, yeah. college debt, you know. I think people feel trapped, and it's hard to move on. Mm -hmm. People feel like they can't reach out and do something if they have debt. But I, have, yeah. I was lucky with financial aid and scholarships and stuff. Nice. And I work the whole time. Both of my sister and I have, like, some kind of weird class issues. Uh-huh. <laughs> so many people at Emerson don't have to work. That my senior year strange. of college, I had a teacher who taught business of acting, and he did, had a, a moment where he was, like, trying to prepare everyone for the real world, and he asked, raise your hand if you're currently paying for your own cell phone bill. And me and one other person raised their hands. Uh -huh. So, you know. No, I'm just <laughs> griping. Sorry. No, no, no. That's uh, interesting. That's a legitimate concern. Yeah. That, like, I really, I knew I wanted to be an artist, actually. So I had a, a really important high school theater teacher mm -hmm. who had uh, just died, like, a few weeks ago. Oh, man. He was, like, like a big encourager. Like, <laughs> you can be artists. You can, you know, you can yeah, do this. That's nice. So you have a sister, a brother. April, my sister lives in uh, Brooklyn. Okay. She moved about a, a year and a half ago. My brother lives in Cambridge, so nice. in Buff, yeah. And he, oh, cool. he's a chef. Wait, which restaurant? Can you say? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. A Veggie Galaxy. Oh, I know the place. Yeah. yeah. He's been the head chef for a while. Oh, very Which is pretty cool. cool. He's been doing some, some really cool stuff, yeah. yeah. So, one of the things that I know a lot of people know you for is the Ranger Zone. How did that happen? I am friends with Ryan Donahue, mm -hmm. and he was running a show called Strange Behavior, mm -hmm. and Strange Behavior got picked up at... Uh, the Davis Square Theater, so he's changing mm -hmm. locations. So basically, mm -hmm. they needed to fill a spot. So yeah. he was like, who could I find that could do an interesting show? So for some reason, he called me, and I was really excited because I like producing. I think it's a very different skill sets to, to produce a show, mm -hmm. and that's something I fully enjoy. I know a lot of comedians who I see put on shows who are really good comedians and terrible at <laughs> putting together a lineup or, yeah. like, you know, deciding who they want to have. So... I originally, because the show was called Strange Behavior, mm -hmm. as a words, I was, I was like, I should call it Ranger Behavior <laughs> or Stranger Behavior, something like that. Yeah. But he, I didn't. But then he was moving his show. I, I didn't want it to be confusing. So then I got it. The Ranger Zone just seemed it's like fun. It's like goofy. I want those people to know right off the bat that it's a goofy, fun time. It's a really fun show, and you bring together a lot of different audiences for your show. Is that something that? Is it based on the fact that, like, you know a lot of people, or do you go out and seek these different audiences? I, How does it work for you? I think it comes from, so for years I was, uh, you know, uh, hosting a show at my house, a storytelling show. Mm -hmm. So I've been, been developing, I don't want to say, like, a following, because I feel like an ego, ego, <laughs> egotistical person saying that. But I, I know a lot of people in Boston have been to shows that I've produced and, like, trust my aesthetic. So I yeah. know a lot of artists and theater people and poets who... Um, don't necessarily want to go to comedy shows because they think it's going to all be misogynist and offensive and awful. Right. So I pick people who I think will have interesting insights and or whose comedy I like, or <laughs> you know. So I try to have a, a really diverse show. Mm -hmm. I'm just not interested in having all 
a lineup of white dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to be very specific about making sure that the lineup is filled with people that will also draw other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I have a poet, maybe some of their poetry friends will come out. And, like, having an enlightened audience helps shape people's art better, you know? Mm-hmm. If someone makes a shitty, sexist joke and no one laughs, then maybe yeah. they'll stop saying that <laughs> shitty, sexist joke, which I've seen happen before, you know? Good. Anyway, so that's, that's kind of a long answer. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> But it's been, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's also good for me to have, like, a place for me to try stuff, you uh-huh. know? I think being a comedian is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you start comedy in the first place? I've always been interested in my own work. So, like, in college, I took clowning classes. I've Sorry, I have to ask. What is clowning school? Like, what, what is involved in that? Clowning class, it's really, it's like learning skills. I mean, like, Stephen Colbert is a clown. Really? In, like, the, the classical sense of, like, someone who's, like, flipping things upside down, you know? Uh-huh. One of my teachers actually made us study Colbert, specifically. Nice. In this one climbing class, we had several different teachers come in. We had one really sexy teacher <laughs> who was uh, coming from New York, and he, he was in character the whole time he taught us. He played a, a, a mean clown. Like, we start every class playing uh, Simon Says, and if you, uh, if you fucked up, he would pretend to bend you over and spank you. Like, it was very weird. His name was Gregor. He was very sexy. But his whole, the whole thing is about, like, play. And so being a clown isn't learning, it's not learning how to juggle. Clowning, like, the, in the truest old, the old sense of it, you know. Like, it's like finding out, it's like being truthful, you know. Okay. So anyway, it was a really cool class. And I, uh, I've been in the theater scene for a long time, but, like, I've always been interested in stand-up. And actually, like, six years ago, I took a class at Improv Boston. That was fun yeah. with Dana J. Bine at Improv. I also took a class at Improv. I, I took three classes at Improv. Damn. Yeah. But I didn't, like, I went to, like, an open mic. I went to a few open mics, and then I just was, like, too involved in the theater scene. Also, kind of, I was put off by going to an open mic, and uh-huh. there was so much yeah. misogyny, and just, it made me feel bad about myself. But then, I don't know, I just got, I got sick of theater. I got sick of the, what theater represents. The audience is so limited. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not limited in their intelligence, but limited in, like, who the hell goes to the theater, yeah. you know? So, anyway, I was like, I really want to say my own words. And I, I went through this, like, breakup, and I was single and not in a show. So I started going to comedy shows. And then I started dating Rob Crean, also a comedian whom I worked with at the Freedom Trail. But then it was like, I felt awkward, like, trying to do comedy because he was a comedian. I don't know. It took me a, a while to actually be, like okay, I'm going to own the fact that I want to do this. I just felt yeah. kind of embarrassed. I don't know how I made other comedians feel embarrassed starting out. I was, like, deeply embarrassed to, be, like, say, this is what I want to do right now. Because yeah. I just felt like everyone was going to be like, oh, yeah, Rob's girlfriend is. <laughs> and that's actually a thing, like, even now, like, after the Ranger Zone, people will <laughs> come up to me and Rob and be like, great job, you guys. And he's always like, it's not my show, I didn't do it. But, he, I mean, he helps set up chairs and stuff. It's kind of a weird thing when you're yeah. a lady dating a comedian. I bet, but it's like, I don't know, I'm always I'm someone that likes to do lots of different things. But like for the last year, I've consistently been like focusing on comedy, going to mics, trying to work on my act. So I feel like right now more like a comedian, especially doing my own show. That's been like a really huge thing for me, yeah. creating my own identity and like forcing me to come with new material and weird shit, like weird sketches and stuff. So, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Long answer. <laughs> That's why this podcast is like an hour long, so you can have long answers, so we can like cool. get into it. Nice. Uh, so for the future of the Ranger Zone, what sort of acts would you like? Are you going after like different types of people? Who are some people that you want that you haven't been able to have on the show? All that. I really want to encourage local people who are stand-ups to get out of their comfort zone and do other stuff. Okay. Tom Crowley has been doing a character at a couple mics. This this character of a brand strategist, mm-hmm. 
So funny. I was so happy to have a space for him to do something weird. I also want like theater artists I know who like maybe have a short play that like they have no place to do. I just want like some a little bit more experimental stuff. I've I had one puppet show, so I don't know some weird like stuff like that I guess. And um, I would love to get my brother who uh, studied film. I'd love to get him to like put together a short film or work on something. I, I want it to be a, a place for people to know they could showcase something that's a little bit different than like a, a basic stand-up showcase. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other people. Kate, uh, I don't know how she's last name, Jeloni, Galoni. Do you know Kate Galoni, yeah, yeah. Maine? I was like, I know her I from New Hampshire shows. Yeah. Yeah. I saw her on a show in Maine and I thought she was so funny. So I want to get her on. There's like so many people. I, I think it's the other cool thing about this is it's been just encouraging for me as someone who like wants to be on shows that if I don't get asked to be on a show right away, it's like there's so many good comedians. Yeah. So it's like, and there's only so many spots per show so you can't really take it personally. Yeah. Like it's interesting to me the who is asking me to be on the show. Like men tend to be more aggressive with that. This oh. is an interesting thing, but anyway. Where are we now? Huh? We're still in, on around Jamaica Plain. Okay. This leads up into a Chestnut Hill, if you were to walk up that way. Oh, okay. Wait, what is this place? I don't know. That's like a big old Statue of Mary or something. <laughs> a big old statue of someone. Yeah. Wait, how close is this to the Arboretum? This actually, if you were to walk up this way, you would get to the Arboretum. It's like oh, pretty close. Pretty it. close, yeah. Nice. So it's, Jamaica Plain has so many green spaces. My other favorite place, I was like, maybe we should go there, is the Forest Hill Cemetery. Never been. Where E.E. E. Cummings is buried, and it's like a beautiful cemetery with like little paths and really weird art all the way throughout. A lot of art by Khalil Gibran. But I used to live really close to there, and I, I live, now I live closer to the pond, so I tend to go to the pond more than anywhere else. Like The sound of ducks always, or is that a goose? That always weirds me out entirely. They... I don't like birds, so it's like this weird thing where it's like, ah, what is that? Oh, it's just a bird. Okay. This, like, so you're not supposed to go swimming in here, but everyone lives in, well, not everyone. <laughs> I always go swimming here in the summer. And one time in October, me and Rob were doing, had a trivia night, uh, like that in JP. We were with Will Smalley, and I don't know, someone else. We all, we went, and me and uh, Rob and my roommate Bill, we all went skinny dipping at like, it was like a really unseasonably warm day in October. <laughs> It was awesome. I know it was so. It was so much fun, though. And we and Rob has made up this idea that in Jamaica Pond there lives a monster named Jamaiki, <laughs> kind of like the Loch Ness monster. But it's like clean. It's not like what, like a dirty it's river. Not, it's like I think that people. I think it's if it was advertised as a place you could swim, it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I think that they're like you can't swim here. It's dirty. I've swam in here for years. I've never had a problem. It's just like I think that they, they can't man it as a public. They don't want to have it be a public swimming place. So yeah. like. Sort of like Turtle Pond in the summer. That's in Rosendale, best place to go. It's a swimming hole. It's like awesome. So we should go out sometime this summer. But that's okay. like it's smaller than than the scope of this, but like deeper and I don't know more in the in the thicket of the woods. Yeah, it feels like you're really far away and you're not. <laughs> Nature, I love it. So what do you want to do comedically in say the next five years? Oh, this feels, this is, this is really uh, bringing it out. I'm planning on moving to New York sometime in the next year. What? Yeah. So that's my new decision. Okay. I want to, I mean, I just, so I just turned 30. It was a big turning point. Like, okay, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm more like focused on like, okay, life is moving on. Like my life, life is going along. And I, like, I know I want to, so I want to have kids. Yeah. 
before I get before I get pregnant. <laughs> like if I got pregnant now, I think I'd be like, yeah, like I want to have a baby. I think that there'd be a part of me that would always wonder like, what if I gone to New York? What yeah. would have happened? And I don't want to have any regrets. That makes sense. And especially like when this my theater teacher passing, Jeff. Uh-huh. He'd been he'd been struggling with brain cancer for a while. Oh wow. Like he knew he was going to die. Everyone knew he was going to die. Mm. So we all knew. But he was talking to my sister on the phone, and he said to her that he just wanted us, me, and my brother and sister, like just live your biggest lives possible. He like grew up, I don't know, he's like been all over, but he was like teaching theater in like a school in Maine for like 20 years. And when he was 45, he moved to Manhattan. He like moved to, I think he was actually living in Astoria, but he was like working in Manhattan in the fashion design and produced a couple plays. Like I like really admired that. Like, so New York is like, like it's not like if you go and you're 40, you you can't be, you know, you can, you can still do, so anyway. It's like, what do you want to do in the next five years? I would, because it's what I would love. I would love to be on Law and Order. Nice. <laughs> I would, do you want to be like an actor or do you want to be a I dead body? Well, I would, act, well oh, good, good you, you're technically acting when you are a boss. Yeah, I would like, I wouldn't want to be just a dead body. I'd uh-huh. want to be, if I was a dead body, I'd want there to be a murder. You know, I don't want, I don't want to be just a stand-in, a, bo- a body stand-in. But I really would like to be the, like, some, like, sly, like... <laughs> I don't know, like the runner of a brothel, like a, a ring. I don't know, something like kind of villainous or something. I love that because you are such a nice person. <laughs> and like you just like exude this niceness. Like there's like a warmth to you. So I like, I would really enjoy watching that Law and Order episode. So I'm, well, thank you. I, the last play I was in, that I'm actually just like being revived and going to some festival this summer. But anyway, I played a, a villain, which is like, I really like playing villains. It's really fun, especially because I, I am normally, I try to do the right thing. Yeah. Golden rule, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't have, like, like in the move to New York, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I, I'm going to try to make it in the next two years, and if it doesn't work out, I'm then that's it, you know. I'm just kind of like, I don't know what would happen, and I, I just know I'll be bummed out if I never try it, you know. So, like, next five years, I'd like to have a comedy special. I'd like to expand myself as an individual artist, and I would love to be an actor in a show, like, and be in an independent movie, you know. Like, yeah. I just would love that. Here's the thing. I love my life right now. Everything yeah. in my life is awesome. I like all my jobs. <laughs> Everything I'm doing is like in my field of interest. I like history, I like teaching kids, but I think that everything I'm doing currently, aside from comedy, but everything else I'm doing, I've kind of capped at. Like, there's no really room for growth career-wise as a tour guide or like teaching theater. It's not like my job teaching theater, I'm gonna eventually become the director of the program. There's not, everything that I'm doing to make money uh-huh. is like at its like peak. I've been a tour guide for like, the freedom for five years, you know? I'd like to be, improve my comedy in Boston for a little while longer, but I'm kind of like, if I get an opportunity to move in the next six months, I'll move six six months. But I'm like, I'm, I'm shooting for like sometime in the next year. But I don't know. I don't know. What's is that a dog swimming in the pond? Yeah, a little dog swimming in Jamaica pond. It just looks like a black streak to me. I, I need new glasses. <laughs> you gotta get those glasses. Oh man. Nice and wire in. I like that uh, because I'm about to turn 30, and I also recently decided that New York is my next step. Really? Yeah. I knew that based on my interests, uh, if I wanted to pursue them, I would move to either New York or Los Angeles. Uh-huh. I also, given this last winter, was like, I'll die if I stay here. Like, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure yeah. I will, like, I'll just, That's a big turning point. Yeah. yeah, I'll just freeze to death and I'll fall into one of those, like, piles and they won't notice for a while. <laughs> like, it's just, like, this whole scenario I made up in my head that that's what's happened yeah. if I stay in Boston. It'll a snowman. It'll, yeah. just, it'll just happen. That's, like that's what happens to Boston. <laughs> and, like, a couple of times people have been like, hey, if you really want to do this, you have to move. And I feel bad about that because everyone's like, no, you can stay in Boston. But everyone, like everyone else who's outside of Boston is suggesting that moving is the best next step. So I think it's 
it's like, so I read this really great Buddhist story, but a, a little, a little tiny crab who's like crab buddies, and then a shell falls off, right? Uh -huh. And his shell falls off, and all of his little crab buddies are like, "Quick, you got to go find find the shell right now, because you're you're vulnerable, you're exposed. You're yeah. like, you got to go find the shell right now." But the little crab is looking over this pile of rocks, and the little crab is like, "I've always wanted to know what's over that big pile of rocks on the other side." Yeah. And all of his crab buddies are like, "Dude." Anyone who goes over there never comes back. Like, it's bad. You can't, you're going to die. You have to put, get your shell. But for some reason, he has this itch. Like, I got to, I just got to go. So he climbs over and he sees on the other side this huge, huge crab. And this huge crab looks at the little crab and says, don't worry. I'm not like going to eat you or anything. I'm actually the same kind of crab that you are. I just, like you, came over the side of these rocks and found a shell that was a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And the only, but kind of, you know, the only way you can grow is if you take those risks is basically yeah. the kind of just of the story. So, and I just think that's so fitting because it's like, it's easy to, for, you can be around people who want to protect you, but it's like the only way that you grow is if you take risks. Yeah. And I, I think that's great. Do you want to, do you, what do you want to do? Are we, what are we on time? Uh, we've probably been talking for 30 minutes. Do you so. want to walk um, around again? You want to sit down somewhere? Yeah, we can sit down somewhere. Can sit on a, a, a bench? Like sure. A away from the traffic of the road? Oh, those are boats you can rent? Yes, oh my god. That's one of my favorite things in Jamaica Pond. It's like really cheap. It's like $10 for an hour of a bro bro. Whoa, you can re like cool. rent a little. It's very romantic. Oh. You're looking for a fun date thing to do or like a good way to spend time with a friend that isn't like just drinking or <laughs> getting food. Sometimes it's like all I do as an adult is like eat food and with, you know, it's like yeah. nice to have an activity. I don't know, a nice, really nice summer thing to do. Come to the Jamaica Pond. Go get a nice cream at FOMU if you want a vegan ice cream or JP Licks if you're like, I don't want vegan ice cream. So wait, you're a vegan. I am. When did you become a vegan? Ah, uh, when I first went vegetarian, I was ve I became vegan. Uh -huh. And then I broke off from that and was just vegetarian for a while. I guess it's like four years now I've been totally vegan. Oh wow. My reasons for becoming vegetarian are being it's like being vegan, like uh -huh. animal stuff. Which is good just because like I'm thinking I don't know exactly how and I haven't gone through logistics of it yet. But based on, like, the water shortages in yeah. Los Angeles and the fact that so much material is necessary to create the beef, pork, and chicken that I eat, yeah. it just seems more responsible to maybe not cut all of it out, but certainly to eat less of it. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure that out. Like, all right, do you just stop buying it or, like, how? Yeah. Being, like, I, I think that food ethics, there's so many things to consider. It's like being vegan. It's also, like putting too much soy in your body or like ideally we'd all live on farms or something you know and like yeah. be raising our own less carbon footprint no nothing trafficked across the world yeah no like but i don't know we're a very demanding society <laughs> yeah. i want things that aren't in season and that yeah. don't grow in this country but i want them available all of the time exactly i yeah. want i want my avocados perfect <laughs> always even if it makes no sense that i should be having avocados no i think <laughs> yeah, it's a very overwhelming time. You're talking earlier about how, it's like, we have all this access to technology, and it's, it is so great. But then, like, there's just we're so bombarded. Sometimes I like I miss like a like, like Maine. Sometimes I wish I didn't have like this. Uh, I don't want to be dramatic and be like the curse of an artist and this, un, you know, this. Uh, Martha Graham has this quote. She calls it the a queer dissatisfaction that keeps you marching. Like, something about that really resonates with me. It's a, like something about the, the need to create and be an artist is like something that's gnawing at you. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like this kind of like always yearning to like 
figure out life's questions or something. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want to just like <laughs> check out and be, yeah. I don't know, do something that's like really like, I don't want to say like a norm because I hate when people <laughs> like, you're such a norm or people that are like, have a regular life. That sounds really condescending and belittling. So I don't want to use that language. Like I really enjoy teaching theater to kids. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, it would be awesome if I, by what I really wanted to do was be a teacher mm -hmm. and find a job with a stable life mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of always like, I don't know, wandering. I was watching a TV show this morning on HBO Go as I was walking through my house. Nice. And yeah, there was this character who, like, he went to work and then he went home and he was just, like, writing a letter to someone and, like, there's still sunlight. And I was just like, I haven't been at home when there's sunlight in so long. Right. Like, every day after work, there's always something I could yeah. be doing. Yeah, totally. Like, the idea of five nights in a row eating dinner at <laughs> dinner time is beyond my, I can't even imagine what that's like. Anytime that I have dinner at dinner time at my house, it's like, what is happening? This is such a treat. But like, if you're like work throughout the day and then you're like, I wanna go to some open mic or I wanna go to see the show or yeah. I wanna like meet up with a friend, I, like whatever the situation is, it's like, it's a, it's a, a peacefulness that I would like to attain something of that while still maintaining my like truest desires of yeah. aspiring to create. How do you like Somerville? I like Somerville a lot. I am kind of the same age as a lot of people that live there, yeah. and everything is kind of geared towards people of my age. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all right there. I live 10 minutes from two different train stops, yeah. so it's super convenient. Do you live by... Like, Both Davis and Porter. And, okay, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I love that, but in five years and 10 years, like, I, I don't plan on living in Boston, but if I did, I feel like I'd have to move to a neighborhood that had things for families and also right. wasn't ridiculously expensive because, like, right. the price just keeps going up and up and up in Somerville as it becomes totally yeah. gentrified. Yeah. So It's a weird problem that our world is having right now. Like, I can't even imagine buying a house, you know. Yeah. The family I used to babysit for, they're moving. And before deciding to move to New York, I had been confiding with the, the mother because I knew I want to have a family. Yeah. And I was, like, talking to her about buying a house. So she got in touch with me and was like, we're moving, and would you like to buy this house? Like, we'd rather sell it to someone we know. Yeah. I was like, thanks for thinking of me, but I, how could how does anyone ever afford that? I don't even know. Yeah. I think it's strange. Like, in the 50s, even up into maybe the 80s, one person could work in a household and somehow pay for the house and for, like, a family there. And, like, the idea of me being able to not only afford a house, but, like, another adult that lives there and a group of children that's so far beyond yeah. like yeah one income family that's yeah financially I'm like doing okay right now but I there's no way I could support based on what, what my situation is now if I had a child I would have to make some <laughs> severe life changes like I don't I don't even know what um, I admire people that are doing it right now it's crazy I'm wondering what it's gonna be like I act like everyone gets divorced. Not everyone gets divorced. But, like, then you go from, like, two people paying for everything to, like, two people in separate houses paying for everything. Like, yeah. I feel like we need so many more houses and, like, apartments <laughs> than we used to. Because <laughs> we're all getting divorced yeah. and all living alone. <laughs> Divorce aside, the idea yeah. of the nuclear family is also, like, very odd. Like, if you travel to, like, other countries, it's, like, it's, it's very reasonable for an uh, adult male or female to be living in their mid-20s with, with their parents until yeah. they get married or like, you know, or even like bringing the grandmother in, living with yeah. family, like very, I feel like it's very odd in our society that it's like few amount of people living in houses all, all spread out, it's weird.
I think it's interesting because like a lot of people do live with their parents, but people are made to feel so Ashamed bad about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I live in my mom's basement. Oh, <laughs> like, oh no, I'm a failure. And it's like, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you share a living space? If my mom lived in Boston. I would live with my mom 100%. Like, if she had a house where I could just live without paying rent, yeah. we'd have to work out, like, dating and, like, oh, expenses dating. Yes, and, like, like me, stuff. like, being able to make decisions for myself. Right. But Boundaries. Yeah. But that's funny because, like, in any living situation, you have to deal with boundaries. Yeah. I know, and that's... My brother and sister and I, we made a pact at one point that we'd all live together as adults because... I would observe the way my dad and his brothers and sisters behaved at Thanksgiving, and I felt it seemed like they fell into weird patterns. Like that happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we were like determined. We signed a pact. My grandmother's a notary, and she like signed it like oh, one wow. Christmas that we'd all live together as adults because we really wanted to make sure that we knew each other as adults and weren't just like every like holiday seeing each other. And we did. We all lived in an apartment together. It was really like it ended up. My brother and I each had a significant other move in with us. I never recommend living with a significant other and a sibling. It's kind of a weird dynamic, but. I think it was a worthwhile thing, and I'm, I'm like, so close to my brother and sister and, like, think that a lot of it has to do with, like, we don't want to just, like, fall back into weird childhood patterns of, like, I'm the middle one or I'm the... I don't know. So, yeah, living. <laughs> I think it's funny that this... <laughs> We spent, like, a while talking about leaving Boston and the podcast that's, like, what's your favorite place in Boston? I don't know. But it's, like, it's, like, it's just, it's just a thing that's on my mind. I mean, I just, I love Boston so much. It's, like, especially being a, a Mainer, it's, like, Boston is the New England city. Like, it really is. Like, when I go to New York, it doesn't feel homey to me. Yeah. Boston feels, like, just New England. I just, it's, like, my people or something. In a weird way, it's just, like, be out of your comfort zone, I think, yeah. you know? So, any final thoughts about Boston? Oh, man. I love it. Or I guess this is a question I ask a lot of people. What do you think you'll miss most about Boston? And also, what things, when you come back, are you absolutely going to visit? Well, I'll be visiting my boyfriend. Because <laughs> <he's laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to move. Uh, so we're figuring that out. Yeah. The future is so weird. It's so hard to plan the future when you don't know what's going to... It's hard to plan the long-term future when you don't know what the near future is going right. to turn out like. Anyway, I, I think that I'll probably do some work here because the Freedom Trail, it's a job that's really flexible. So I think that I'll probably come back and honestly like still do tours. That's not really... That's boring work stuff. I'm <laughs> avoiding the like sad, like what, do I, what will I really miss? I think I will just like honestly miss being familiar with mm-hmm. places like... The terrifying thing about being in a new place is that, like, everything is kind of a struggle. Yeah. Living in Boston now, I know how to get everywhere. I, yeah. like, on my bike and on the train, I just, like, I know it, you yeah. know? So I think I'll really just miss that feeling of home. It's like the people. It's like, yeah. actually, do you know what? It's like, I'm like, what are my favorite places? Well, I love this restaurant. It's like, actually, I don't give a shit about... <laughs> I like all the places, but I wouldn't ever come back to Boston. I gotta get to Jamaica Pond. I gotta see it. I gotta meditate here. It's not. It's like no. It's like I'd want to be around the people. I I love the comedy community. Yeah. I feel like I I didn't even know so many awesome people. Like so creative and intelligent and fun. I think I would continue doing hopefully the Ranger Zone. Like maybe like instead of twice a month, like once a month. Nice. I want to be immersed in the Boston. I I, lo- I believe in Boston. Yeah. I believe in Boston. Boston's strong. It's a good way to end. Boston's. Is that funny? I don't know. It's my. I'm making fun of myself for getting sentimental. Boston's strong. I do love Boston. I think that Boston is filled with like resilient, like it's a getting through shit. Like after the marathon bombing, you just like as a city, you just everyone's like leaning in on each other, like really. And then like after this winter. It's not just, like, small talk about the weather. It's, like, we are all in this, like, really bad crisis. Like, 
it sucks. Like, and like I, I, I saw Dana J. Vine like posted like a like an article that someone had written. Do you see this? This article. Someone wrote an article that was like, Boston, it's, you know, buck up. Like, yeah. complaining about it isn't gonna make it go away. And then he like resp- it was this huge. A bunch of people were responding of like, no, it's like it actually it's really bad. The train is shut. We can't get to work. We're losing. Like, I made, like, $600 in the month of February. Like, oh. I made an absurdly small amount of money. <laughs> like, you know, anyway. So, I think people here are strong, like, gritty. Like, have <laughs> been through it. And uh, I, I love that. All right, guys. So, this has been Person About Town. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.